Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Hello, Andrew. Hello there, Edwin. Are you ready for the most exciting portion of Psalm 17 today? I certainly am. I'm going to read from the New American Standard 1995 Update Edition. Very good. The... The antique edition. <laughs> <laughs> the antique. 95, that's not, and I was already preaching in 95. Okay, well, we won't, uh, we won't uh, spend too much time thinking about that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Psalm 17 from the New American Standard. Edwin, you're like, update. cheese. You get, you get better with age. <laughs> hmm. Hear a just cause, O Lord. Give heed to my cry. Give ear to my prayer, which is not from deceitful lips. Let my judgment come forth from your presence. Let your eyes look with equity. You have tried my heart. You have visited me by night. You have tested me, and you find nothing. I have purposed that my mouth will not transgress. As for the deeds of men, by the word of your lips, I have kept from the paths of the violent. My steps have held fast to your paths. My feet have not slipped. I have called upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me. Hear my speech. Wondrously show your loving kindness, O Savior of those who take refuge at your right hand. From those who rise up against them, keep me as the apple of the eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. From the wicked who despoil me, my deadly enemies who surround me. They have closed their unfeeling heart. With their mouth they speak proudly. They have now surrounded us in our steps. They set their eyes to cast us down to the ground. He is like a lion that is eager to tear and as a young lion lurking in hiding places. Arise, O Lord, confront him, bring him low, deliver my soul from the wicked with your sword, from men with your hand, O Lord, from men of the world whose portion is in this life and whose belly you fill with your treasure. They are satisfied with children and leave their abundance to their babes. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. I will be satisfied with your likeness when I awake." Well, much as we have seen in previous psalms, this prayer uh, is asking God on occasion to arise, arise, get up and move, get up and move. But that's not the only one talking about arising. arising. No, he's really not. In fact, that to me is what is so fascinating about this. Let's back up to what we talked about yesterday. We, we talked about where is my portion. Mm-hmm. And in, we, we, we compared between Psalm 16 and Psalm 17, the fact that in Psalm 16, David says, my portion is the Lord. And here in Psalm 17, his enemies have the portion in this life. But think about what their portion is. We just what we said yesterday, their portion is having lots of kids and lots of money to leave their kids. Why? Because their only hope is in this world. Mm -hmm. And so their only hope for ongoing life, Mm -hmm. there's those quotes Mm -hmm. that we can't see because we're not doing video. Their only hope for ongoing life is if they have children and are able to leave their children money so that they can have a prosperous life that people will look up to them so that their name might be remembered. He says that's where their portion is. That's where their hope is. That's the only thing. And he even says, hey, you know, God will give them up to that. God lets them have it. And so they think they're doing something and they think they're accomplishing something. But in this psalm, they're still the wicked and they're the enemy. So their hope for 
an ongoing life is in this life is in this life in it this is world descendants and children that's how their life goes on yes vicariously through their offspring absolutely this is it this is all they have but verse 15 as for me Okay, now here's I'm different from them, Lord. This is what this is separate there. and distinct. I am separate and distinct. Yeah. Okay, this Monday. is what satisfies and fills them. Here's what we have though in verse 15. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. I will be satisfied with your likeness when I awake. Now I want to I want you to see this. That word satisfied. Mm-hmm. What those other folks mm-hmm. are filled and satisfied with children and money. That's it. That's that's all they can hope for. Once mm-hmm. they have that, there's nothing else. Now, Ecclesiastes has some things to say about kids and leaving them money and what kind of hope that is. But, right. but David has the response, that's not my hope. What is my hope? My hope is that one day I'm going to awake, and when I awake, I am satisfied with your form. Yeah, what does so that the, sound like? The New King James says, I shall be satisfied when I awake in your likeness. When I awake in your likeness. or yeah. And, you know, there's some question, is that when I awake in it or when I wake with it and see it? And honestly, either way, yeah. what is this awaking? So I've got a couple of options. Mm-hmm. Well, this is an evening prayer, like back when we saw in Psalm 3 and 4 and 5, the prayers that were in the evening and the morning. And so David is just, he's praying an evening prayer. Right. And he says, you know, tomorrow when I wake up, everything's going to be different. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's possible. But when I contrast it with, he's he's contrasting where his satisfaction is right. versus where their satisfaction and is. And contrasting ongoing life. <laughs> their satisfaction is in this life mm-hmm. when I... You know what he's talking about? He's talking about the next life. The next life. Now, I know. The idea of a resurrection, eternal well, life. He's talking about eternal life. He's yeah. talking about something that's going to happen when he dies. He's, he's going to die, and then he is going to awake. Daniel chapter 12 and verse 2 presents the same metaphor to talk about sleep as death, or death as sleep, and awaking mm-hmm. as that resurrection, as that eternal life. I know. That was one of Paul's favorites as well. Yes, absolutely. I know, I know, I know that the phones are going to light up of all (laughs) those Old Testament scholars that are going to let me know that folks back in the Old Testament had no concept of afterlife. That's just a New Testament thing. I'm just going to tell you, hogwash. Mm. Here it is. Mm-hmm. Now, was David's understanding of afterlife as as developed as ours is, having gotten to the New Testament, having seen Jesus resurrected? No, of course not. Well, I'm how sure could it's not. it be? I'm sure that it is not. Okay. Did they believe exactly the same thing that we've learned in the New Testament about the afterlife? Of course not. But I'm telling you, what David has here, it's so profound. It's so amazing. It's so exciting to me because what David is pointing out is that He's asking for deliverance. Mm-hmm. He's asking for preservation. Yeah. But even in that, what he is realizing is that God may deliver him through death instead of delivering him from death. Oh, wow. That's and that for the one who is in the Lord, even with all this prayer of deliverance, if the Lord decides it's time for you to sleep the sleep of death, what I have hope of is I am going to awake and I am going to be in the presence of the Lord, and I am going to be satisfied with his likeness and with beholding his face. Yeah, beholding his face, or like uh, the New King James, seeing your face, which which gets us to, again, this idea of how can a living person see 
the face of God. Hmm. You know, every time that an Old Testament saint, Moses, or, or someone else gets close to that, they are fearful they're going to die at that moment because no one can see that. He is too holy, too glorious. But the idea that David here can pray, I will see your face, I will behold your face, that is an afterlife. That is a spiritual reality, not something you can do here because it'll kill you. So this face is the same idea of the presence that we had in verse 2. Mm-hmm. Your vindication come from your presence. And so he's talking about being in the pre- I will behold your presence. I will behold your face. It's the same word in those two verses. But here's something really cool. Because what you've brought up is who can see it, who can be in it in this life. Now, that's actually going to bring us to something. And, and it may sound like I'm disagreeing, but I'm not because it's a really powerful thing. But that word for likeness mm-hmm. is the same word that's used back in Numbers chapter 12 and verse 8. When Miriam and Aaron are upset at Moses and they're saying, hey, God talks to us too. And right. so. God brings a little bit of judgment upon them. A little bit. (laughs) In Numbers chapter 12 and verse 8, God says with him, that is with Moses, I speak mouth to mouth. Mm -hmm. Or the way we might say it, I speak face to face. face face, Clearly, not in riddles. He beholds the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? That form there, that's our Mm -hmm. same word for likeness. Mm -hmm. So we do have one. We have the person who said, I want to see you in all your glory. And God said, you can't. You can't see that. But I'll hide you in the cleft. I'll pass by. I'll let you see my backside. If you see all of my glory full on from the face, it'll kill you. Right. But we do have this passage that talks about Moses is distinct from everyone else in all of history. Yeah, that's right. Because he has this communication with the Lord that is distinct. It's not in parables. It's not in riddles. It's not in visions and dreams. It's face to face. And he beholds the form of the Lord, which probably does, of course, refer to what happened on that that mountain, that passing by where he did get to see that. But there's so much in this that's so cool because, first of all, what David is asking for is I want something more than the idolaters want Mm -hmm. because, of course, this is also the same word that's used to talk about you're not allowed to carve an image or a likeness of God. The idolaters, that's what they did. In order to see the image of God, they carved one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But Israelites don't get that. In fact, the same word when they were talked, when it it was told them, remember up on Sinai, you saw the mountain shake and you saw the fire and the smoke and the lightning, but you did not see an image or a form. But David is talking about having that blessing that Moses had, which kind of ties us back to show us your wonder, steadfast love, tying it into Moses. But it's also that idea that, look, David is not saying tomorrow morning I'm going to get this because Moses is the only one that had that. David yeah. didn't have that. Yeah. Nobody, Aaron and Miriam didn't have that. Nobody else had that. Moses had that. He's praying for the same blessing, but it's when I awake. When I awake, I'm going to have that face-to-face, mouth-to-mouth, uh, in-your-presence relationship that I have always wanted. What are we talking about? We're talking about something that's beyond this life. So we've got a choice. Mm-hmm. My hope, my portion, my satisfaction can be in this life. And it wasn't just David, right? But this is the hope for all of God's people and for Christians today. Very similarly, in 1 John chapter 3, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that's us Christians, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be like, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. 
my hope is either going to be what I leave behind or what I am heading toward mm-hmm. when this life is mm-hmm. over. And I, I'm looking forward to being like Jesus. I'm looking forward to being in the presence of Jesus. And that's, again, did David have the full understanding that we're learning in the New Testament? Of course not. But he understood that hope really isn't about this life. Yeah. Hope isn't about how many kids I have and how much money I leave them. In fact, if it was, it would have been a real mess for him because his son botches everything. And so his grandson then loses Ten-twelfths of the kingdom. Yeah, his his kids were a wreck. But I, I do appreciate you bringing it up because he did have lots of kids. He did have money and wealth. I mean, when he died, he looked like he did well. But but that wasn't what it was all about for him. It was about where he was going next. And that's what it needs to be about for us. That's exactly right. I think about Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount when he even talks about how we might treat our religious observance. Mm. When you... Give to the needy when you pray, when you fast. Don't do it so that other people can see you and praise you because then that's all the reward you get. Yeah, Matthew 6. Rather do all those things in secret and your Mm -hmm. father who sees in secret will reward you. We're looking eternally Mm -hmm. for the reward that's going to come from the father. Your reward is great in heaven is mentioned in there when he's talking about how, you know, when we've been persecuted. We're looking forward to this ongoing eternal reward, not just what we get here in this life. So if what I'm about is building up what I can have in this life, mm-hmm. I'm going to leave a book behind that people are going to read for centuries. I'm going to have a building in my name. I'm going to have a city named after me. I'm going to be considered the father of a nation. Uh, all of that stuff is nothing compared to when I wake up mm-hmm. in the presence of the Lord, then I will know what being filled and being satisfied is really all about. Praise God. As for me, I will see your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake in your likeness. We're so glad that you join us for the conversation today. We'd love to know what you're reading in the Word, what you're learning. Send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. It would be great if you'd subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star rating. It's going to help other people find Text Talk. If it's been a blessing to you, then share it with someone else, and we trust it would encourage them as well. We're going to conclude this episode with a prayer. Edwin, would you lead us, please? Holy God, we look forward to being with you for all eternity. There's no hope that we have greater than that. There's nothing we want more than that. And help us to grow so that that last statement is really true. And Father, help us to be in the place right now where what we are most pleased with is your presence. And Father, help us to to grow, to have this kind of maturity that realizes that the things of this world and the things of this life Uh, They're blessings, and we give you thanks for those things. And as we use them, help us to use them as tools that allow us to bring glory to you in this world, but help us to be most focused on you. Lord God, we love you so very much. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, while we were enemies and reconciling us first. Through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. 
Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day.